Welcome to Man Strong Podcast. This is your host, Clint Locklear. And we're going to cover a topic tonight about why it is important for a country to have manly men. It's not going to be that popular because it could cause someone to have to sacrifice something, which today and age, that's just completely out of the realm. It can also be that people's view of their personal world is such that that concept that it's important, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it's like somebody that grows up in a wealthy neighborhood with gates and security where they've never had to feel threat of any kind, basically, besides someone saying something mean on Facebook. And they get in a situation where they're around a different type person with a different type mentality, with a different type of agenda that goes so foreign to the way that they look at the world, they can't understand what's going on if they're getting beat to death, shot, or raped. J just the, the it, it is such a, the mind almost switches off. Because it's so hard to believe. It, it's kind of like today when you watch videos on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, and you've got these modern day tough guys that are just used to spouting off and being smart alecks and intimidating and screaming and getting their way because they act like children and not real men. And then all of a sudden they meet a real man and they try to treat them like they do everybody else that's scared of them. And, they're, and the grown man tries to put his fist through the front of his teeth to the back of his brain pan in one hit. What is amazing when you watch those videos is there's always like a tenth of a second that you can watch the facial expression in the eyes on the person that cannot comprehend that them being an absolute obnoxious dick has consequences and now there's pain involved where their whole life they didn't have to worry about it. That's on an individual basis. I don't know how we're going to get back to people. Well, I do. We're going to have to find ourselves in a situation where we're not so civilized that the uncivilized acting people around us realize when they act that uncivilized, there's massive consequences to their action. But I don't see that happening very soon because everybody's just going to run to a lawyer and try to sue somebody because they pretty much did what every human should do when people act the way that people do today with each other. They kick their butt. But on a bigger scale, when men are not men as a whole in a country, the country no longer stays the country that people think it should be. No matter how much we're gated in our country and our local community, no matter how much we talk about our military, no matter how safe we are, because let's face it, most grown men, unless you just live in a world of redneck and outlaw biker bars and stuff like that. You're not throwing hands hardly ever. You're not really pulling your, your carry conceal ever. If you do, it's like once in a lifetime or twice in a lifetime because of very weird situations. That's just not part of our world. And just like someone who thinks it's okay to scream and holler and cuss and hit people's car, kick their cars, 
you know, throw stuff in stores on the floor when they don't get their way, come behind the counter and try to chest bump somebody to intimidate them. When they can't believe when someone actually stands up to them, because you can see it on their face. It, it's kind of like, wait a minute. This is not supposed to happen. But when a country is like that, and the men aren't really men, and the men are just soft boys, other places in the world don't have the same view that that country has. Civilization has a very clear graph when you look at them. They start hard because it's hard. As they get uh, better and build houses and roads and businesses and they, they get capital flowing, things get a little easier and easier and easier. And all of a sudden you're a couple of hundred years down the road and it's just so easy that people have a hard time understanding what really hard means like really hard if you want to know what really hard is americans go to roatan honduras go through the little tourist part of the town follow the coastline up and there's a dump about two miles out of roatan it's right on the side of the road drive past it slow down you're going to see moms and dads and hordes of kids going through third world garbage just to try to find something to eat that day. See, that's real problems. <laughs> For the most part, we don't have real problems. We manufacture problems because we have it so easy. But other countries don't look at the world the same way we do. Just like the countries around Rome, when they were falling apart, just like we're doing, exactly the same, they got sacked. Because real men go and take what boys have because that's human nature, whether we want to believe it or not, because of our world and personal circumstances. So I want to play a few things. Uh, it's going to be a little weird on the way it's recorded because it was in three parts the way I recorded the first one. And I want you to think about what it took to build America. I mean, there's a show right now, 1883. It's based off the uh, Duttons from Yellowstone, the other TV show. And it's probably the most realistic view of what it was like trying to go out to the West how many people die and for what reasons and you're you you're thinking it's just like indians and no no you're taking a dump and a snake bites you on the ass you're just dead someone throws a fit to the wrong people and they just start shooting them you're trying to get a horse wagon out of the mud and it crushes your husband wind blows the wrong way and now your whole life um savings and supplies are up in fire and you're in the middle of nowhere but you keep going that's what built america that's when men were men i mean we talk about the greatest generation which is very different than even my age much less the younger generations but you go back to the beginning those guys were tough tougher than woodpecker lips the women back then would probably beat the hell out of 90% of the men today because they act so sissified. And they could do it, and the men today would just have to take it. That's how far we've come. But we get in, before we get into these recordings, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Funky Trap Tags and Supply. They have full line of trapping supplies. They have stuff for deer hunting, hogs, bears, all kind of fishing stuff, predator calls, uh, lure supplies, traps, snares, stretchers. Uh, they even have fur pickups most years. Uh, 
and and the 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 biggest reason that Alan wanted to be a sponsor of this is he wanted to be part of what what we do at Predator Control Group. And I knew, because I knew Alan, that that was a perfect fit. He gives me a little bit of money. I get to pay the server cost. It gives me motivation every week because I know someone's sponsoring this. And the customers that listen know that they're dealing with really good people. Because if you ever deal with him, you're going to realize that pretty quick. Funky trap tags and supplies. So I want to play this. And I want you to think about today and back then. And then we're going we're gonna to play a short video of a lady that studies fallen civilizations. It's probably a little bit different than what people are thinking. Now she's going to say some stuff about gender. And that's pretty historically true. You look at Greece. You look at, I mean, think of how powerful Greece used to be with the Spartans. Think about uh, how Rome pretty much, you know, they made Britain's empire look pretty much like it's a Boy Scout club. Then you look at Britain as they got more civilized. Same thing. Now we're doing it. So just think about some of this as you listen. sword denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation yet you know it was for us the american people to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property yes we did with an innocent sounding constitutional amendment the 16th which says that congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived and we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George Good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. When it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. When they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger in order to pay the additional tax collectors. It has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Bigger and the individual gets littler until the government is all-powerful. 
The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Now, some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene, to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such. Once upon a time, there was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war, from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wisely, he limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand, but anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, he said they just didn't understand deficit finance. Well, what do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 B.C., internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years. Just by turning to the left, the world has gone in circles. Now either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows as the night the day, our children are going to have to relive the Dark Ages all over again. After thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far, so fast. All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God and my country and in my... my country and in myself, and in that order. Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains stretching away to the tall green mountains and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Well, that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us, we don't want opportunity anymore. We want security. We don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often we came to believe them. We wanted security. And they gave us chains. And we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first tin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment. That free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers dragging their chains. And we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing too.
Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never, ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made. If we just keep on keeping on, we've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. Okay, that is something you might want to repeat and play that. I want you to think about some of the stuff that was said in that. One of the most powerful things is when the, when the guy's in the frontier and he looks out across the plains and he goes, Thank you, God. I can take it from here. See, that's a man. That's a real man. Today, most people want to have complete security. They don't want to take any risk for a new job, for a better life, for a more secure family, for their kids and grandkids' freedom. They don't want to have to take any risk. Because if they do, it may cause a little bit of discomfort. And Lord help a modern-day man that's got to have a little bit of discomfort. That is not what built America. Men did. And if you'll notice when he's talking about integrity and drive and all the adjectives that he used in there, those are adjectives of what real men are. Now, I know if you're a female, you're going to be, what about us? I'm not talking to you. This isn't Woman Man Strong Podcast or Woman Strong Podcast. This is Man Strong. And trust me, you want to have a strong man. Or something I believe is wrong with you. Most kids today are being taught that it's bad to be a man. If you have any of these manly, quote, traits, you're toxic. I'm pretty sure that was the same during the Romans and the Greeks and Spain. And I can just imagine the women up till the day that the barbarians was raping them. They probably thought that that was pure and intellectual, the way that they were thinking. And the ways that the cities fell because the men were no longer men, I'm sure right up to that point, they thought they were right. So I want to play something. Like I said, this is a lady that studies such things. Gender doesn't really exist. It's not really polarity. I mean, it's, it, it, everything's all about expanding women's rights, but also terminating men, okay, and, and defining men out of existence. Uh, masculinity is, by definition, toxic. Okay? Masculinity doesn't exist. And you see, this is, this is the proof of it. But now, I began my, all of my studies, my, my book, Sexual Persona, began as a dissertation at Yale, uh, graduate school, on androgyny. I've always been fascinated, attracted to, you know, to the subject of androgyny, uh, and, and that's what the sexual persona is. Uh, I explored it in history. But the, the more I explored it, I realized 
realized that um, that historically this uh, this uh, the movement toward androgyny occurs in late phases of culture. Okay, as a as if a civilization is starting to uh, unravel. Okay, and that, that you can find it again and again and again through history in the in, in the in the Greek art. Okay, you can you can see it happening. All of a sudden, okay, there's a, there's a kind of uh, you know the, the the sculptures of of um, of uh, handsome nude young men athletes that used to be very robust. Okay, in the archaic period, suddenly begin to seem like wet noodles. Okay, you know, toward the end. Okay, and, uh, and that and that the people who 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 live in such periods, a late phase of culture. Whether it's, it's the Hellenistic era, whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's it's uh, the Mauve decade of Oscar Wilde in the 1890s, whether it's Weimar Germany, people who live in such times, okay, feel that um, they're very sophisticated, they're very cosmopolitan, okay, and homosexuality, heterosexuality, so what, anything goes, and so on. All right, and so, and but but we, from the perspective of, of historical distance, okay, you can see that it's a culture that no longer believes in itself, okay, and then and, and then what you what you invariably get are are you know are are, are people who are convinced of the power of heroic masculinity, okay, on the edges, whether they're the Vandals and the Huns, okay, or whether, or whether they're the barbarians of ISIS, okay, you see them, you know, starting to mass on the outsides of the culture, and that's what we have right now, that there is a tremendous uh, and, and, and rather terrifying disconnect between the infatuation with the transgender movement on, in, in our own culture and what's going on out there, okay, right? and, so, and so, I mean, that's why I I'm concerned. I feel it's ominous. Okay, I I, I question whether uh, the transgender uh, choice is um, in, indeed genuine in every every single case. Uh, but what, again, what concerns me is when uh, well-meaning uh, adults, you know, believe that they are helping people uh, by by making the easier uh, some permanent change in the body from which there is no going back. <clears throat> I want you to think just a little bit. I want you to close your mind's eye. And if you don't know that much about the world, you need to look into it. See, Muslim countries have not been fooled by toxic masculinity. A lot of Eastern Europe is not fooled by toxic masculinity. Russia isn't. China isn't. Most of Asia is not. Lots of South America is not. Iceland. But America, England, Canada, France, countries like that, it's the unraveling of society when we get here. She talks about Attila the Hun and Hamas on the borders. See, that's why I think it's such a shock when something like 9-11 happens. Even though you have people that are telling you they are going to kill you by any means necessary. When you listen to rulers of North Korea... And Putin from Russia. If you want a real world example of the difference of the wussification of America today, look at, I think it's, uh, to, to say it correctly, it's Kyrgyzstan. Now, if you're, if you're just kind of like on the edge and you watch the news a little bit, it's this little bitty country that kind of separates Asia from Russia. It's a big country. It's an old country. And what you're going to hear on the news is they, they overthrew the government in protesting because of high gas prices. If you dig into that a little bit, you'll realize like 99.9% .9 of everything you listen to on Fox News and CNN is complete and utter bullshit. They overthrew the government because of COVID vaccines, the mandates. They wanted to have
it's actually on your phone. It's uh, I don't know the term of it, um, but everywhere you go, you got to flash your phone, or you can't do anything. And they started just like California and New York, where you can't go to see a concert. You can't go to see a ball game. You can't go into restaurants. And because Kyrgyzstan is not a wussified man country, they started getting a little upset. Because they knew that their government is completely corrupt, which it is, just like ours. And then the government was like, we're going to force them. Because, see, the government's getting paid by Pfizer and Moderna. They've got contracts with all these countries, including us. There's there's people in these governments that were giving the tip that now they have lots of stock in these com these companies that now they're making tons of money off the vaccine. The hospitals are, the doctors are. And if that seems weird to you, that's happening here too. I suggest you do a little bit of research. But Kyrgyzstan decided that we're not going to let you take your money out of the bank and use your own money that you earned unless you get basically this vaccine card, electronic card, which was going to start hooking into like China does where if you're not a good little citizen, you can't get on trains and you can't get bank loans and you can't go to college and your kids don't get a good job. All the stuff that seems so crazy to us here, it's happening in the world, but we don't listen. <coughs> so the men of Kyrgyzstan was like, okay, that's enough. We got a super corrupt government. Now they won't even let us get our own money. This is ridiculous. So they took on the military. We're talking civilians, civilians destroyed the professional military of that country. You know, it takes real men to take that chance. Real men. Not wannabe men, not soy boys in little bitty tight-fitting blue jeans and man buns. Real men that are willing to die for something. Are willing to kill for something. They destroyed their own police. They arrested all of the politicians. They arrested the police and the military that they did not kill. They arrested the doctors that were pushing all this COVID stuff, the health officials. They cleaned house. And you can go look at videos because we hear stuff like this today all the time on social media. Well, the government's got tanks. What are you going to do with your AR-15? Go watch those videos armored vehicles they shut down the civilians did only real men would try to would try to pull that off do you think the college kids today would do that no just shut their phones off they're just going to be in the corner crying somewhere they're not going to do anything they've never been uncomfortable in their entire life as most adults but the citizens of that country conquered the military, planes, tanks, helicopters. Conquered the armed police that had orders to shoot. These were, th this was not, you know, shoot rubber bullets into the, no, these were shooting automatic weapons into crowds of people. And they still went forward and completed the mission. That's the difference between men and I have no idea what it would take for this country to ever do anything on scale. I have no idea what it would actually take for America to take back its country from the corrupt. They did it because they don't believe in toxic masculinity. 
they don't think that it's somehow virtuous to be weak. Like we do. Look up, if you've never heard about it, go look up the Battle of Athens, Tennessee. That's what real men do. The vets cleared house with the corrupt politicians and police department. No, no, no. We just like put comments on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and we're like patriots. That's the difference between men and boys. And I hate to say it, guys. If we don't change course individually and in what we teach our kids, we are going to be just like Rome and Greece. I don't know why we think we're going to we're, we're we're not going to be that way because when real men come to take what boys have which we would be the boys at the time they take it they just take it now we want to think in our civilized world that's not really what people think they're just like looking for a job they're they're whatever no Real men want to build stuff, have sex, and conquer. Most Americans conquer business. In a lot of third world countries, that's not an option. So they look to conquer. But we just don't think it can happen here because we've never seen it ourselves. Now, if you've been in the military and you've went to some different places in the world, in the back of your mind, you're probably just screaming. I was talking to a friend the other day, and we was kind of talking about PTSD and vets and stuff like that. And it hit me of what part of the reason that military has such a hard time coming back into society a lot of times, depending on what they did and what they've seen <coughs> and different stuff like that. When you've been around places that stone women and rape women, then cut their head off because they're a whore after they've been raped and people shot for, I can't tell what reason, and mutilated for sport and fun and entertainment. And then you come back to America and you've seen this, you've experienced this. You've seen the aftermath from it. And most Americans are running around and the only thing they care about is what's on Netflix, what clothes they're going to have, what's the new handbags, what's the latest and greatest pistol they're going to order, what they're going to do on the 4th of July, where they're going to go on vacation. It's, 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 it's a clash of reality, and I think that's part of the reason a lot of vets have a hard time coming back into society is it's, it, it's like they're looking around Only thing I can think of is like, they're like, they've seen what happens when you take sheep to the slaughterhouse. And they're a sheep, the animal, the sheep. I'm not talking metaphorically about, you know, liberals being sheep or, you know, whatever. Trump supporters being sheep, the animal sheep, they're sheep and they, they've like escaped the slaughterhouse and they sit outside and they watch the slaughterhouse. And they heard what happened, and they saw what happened. They saw the results. And then they sneak back in to the farm to, like, go to the other sheep and go, Guys, when they try to load you in the trucks, don't go. And everybody else is like, 
They're not going to do anything. They pet us. They have names. We're good to go. We're getting on that truck. It must be a good time. They're taking us still on vacation. We're going to, and they're like, no, you don't understand. They're going to slit your throat and they're going to rip your hair off and they're going to carve you into pieces. No, that, that, no, that, that can't happen. Impossible. They love us. Nobody would ever do that. And, the, and the, the vet, which is also a sheep, is looking at them, just shaking them, going, why don't you listen to me? Why don't you realize what's going on in the real world? And they're like, no, 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 this is all good. Did you see what was on Yellowstone last Friday? That was amazing. And the vet's just like throws his little, little hooves up and goes, this, this is like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. Guys walking around like they're badasses and never been in a fight. They don't know what it's like to get punched straight in the face. They have no idea. But they think they're badass. And people that seen go, holy cow, this is like a psychotic movie and everybody's just walking to the slaughterhouse. That's kind of what I feel about with masculinity. Because eventually the men are going to show up. And if there's not men here to show up to protect it, the other men, which we're going to consider the enemy, are just going to take it. And they're going to destroy fortunes and families and people. And I guarantee you, all you would all would be on TV if this was going on is how it's the Republicans' fault and it's the Democrats' fault. No, it's because we don't have men' fault. Because the men in Kyrgyzstan got rid of corruption. We don't. We just keep voting them in as long as they're on our side. We keep playing the game. Because we don't want any inconvenience. And if you're my age, maybe, maybe not. It's not going to affect me that much before I'm gone. Your children, your grandchildren... I truly believe that if we go down as a country, we are going back into something very similar to the Dark Ages. And most people can't conceive that. Russia's going to do whatever they want because the men of that country can do it. Parts of Asia are going to do what they want. Parts of South America are going to do what they want. All the crazy Muslims that are extremists, they're going to do whatever they want. Because they're not going to be burdened with the fallacy of men should be like little girls. And they're just going to see an opportunity. And if you think the modern world does not see things that way, you are a fool. Russia wants to be bigger than it was before the wall fell. Putin will tell you. And everybody's sitting back. And they're not like, oh, because of Biden. No. Because of us men. Don't do anything. They know they're going to win in the end. China, there's no doubt in China's mind they're going to own America. There is no doubt in China's mind. You want to know why? Because they can look at our culture. And they're probably right. Unless men choose to be mentally and physically strong. Which... 
nobody wants to do that because it's going to take away from TV and sacrifices and not being comfortable. And we're not teaching our kids to be responsible and moral and virtuous. We say we are, but you know damn well we're not. Just look at social media. Not what people say. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. So to me, and this is just my opinion, we either have to choose to be strong men and raise strong men, or we're gonna we're choosing to be conquered. And I know people go, we've got all the guns. Really? Because of the weakness of the modern day man, if they had to walk five miles, they're probably going to die. They're so physically out of shape that if they don't have medications, they're probably going to die. They don't know how to get food. They don't know really how to get water. They don't know how to build shelters. They don't know hardly anything except what they do with their job or what their hobby is. So we can have all these guns and cause a ruckus. But are we going to be tough enough to finish whatever we start? And that's the question. Because the gun is a tool of a person. It is not the end thing. Ammo is not the end goal. Ammo is to be used somehow or another. So we can say we have all the guns. And right now there's enough older vets and rednecks and country people and some city people that would cause a lot of problems for somebody to come in this country. What about when we're gone? Are the millennials going to do it? They think communism's cool anyway. That's a failure of parenting. And it's a bigger failure of parenting because we let our schools get away with it. The, the problem is you can't control other people because that's not freedom. So it's not like there can be a president elected. President Trump is not going to make men in America manly. You're not going to force your neighbor to be a grown-ass man. You're not going to force people to teach their kids to be strong, dependable men. All you can do is be that yourself. And if enough people are that, the society will be okay. If the parents teach kids responsibility and don't protect them from every little bitty thing that is an annoyance to them and teach them how to be grown men, strong, disciplined, we could be okay. I just don't know which way America is eventually going to choose. Because right now, it's choosing the path of being conquered. And that infuriates me.
for me personally, when I look around something like Arlington Cemetery or a Civil War Cemetery or I see vets in a local cemetery, what we're doing makes me wonder why they sacrificed what they did anyway. Because we're just peeing on their graves. That's one of the biggest things. There's a, a phrase that I say off and on. It's called, you don't forget the face of your fathers or remember the face of your fathers. And it's a Stephen Queen, uh, King quote from The Dark Tower. But when I think about the cemeteries and all the graves of all the thousands of people that's died to protect this country, we're not remembering the face of our father. We can only do individual. Or, eventually, we're going to have to do, like, maybe something like the Spartans. Where you force people to be men. There again, I'm for freedom, even though I think from a society point of view, that's probably not a bad idea. The libertarian part of me goes, I don't know about that. So you need to choose every day. Are you going to be a stronger and smarter and more virtuous male? Or are you just going to be one little bitty step closer to being a non-masculine man with discipline or without discipline I guess after that it's a weird it's a weird place we find ourselves in this country and I don't know how it's going to turn out but I do know men will take what boys have and we're working really hard to be a bunch of boys with a world that still has a bunch of men. I can only control myself. You can only control you and your kids. You can be a mentor to other kids. You can talk about it to other men. You can make it a priority to be strong mentally and physically. Where you can be dangerous if you need to be. And you only use that if you have to. That's a choice we all have to make today. And I hope we make the right one. 